Thank you for downloading the South Everett Foursquare podcast. This is Pastor Chris Pepler, and you've joined us for our annual Thanksgiving shout-out celebration. Feel free to participate by checking the devotional guide in the show notes. You can find us every weekend at the Village on Casino Road at 10.30 a.m., and you can join us beginning this Sunday for our Advent celebration. We hope to see you soon. Enjoy today's podcast. Sing a little louder, louder than 
We thank you for belonging. We thank you that each of us has a place here. Um, each of us has a face and a name that's recognized and appreciated here. Lord, would you all the more as we study your word today and look to the early church to understand patterns of generosity and gratitude and connection and belonging, Lord, that we, uh, as a body of believers filled with your spirit, would more and more resemble the life of your early church, that we could reflect that and be a place of belonging for anyone who would dare to come and to be connected. Lord, we thank you for this time, and we thank you for this day. We thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people, and we thank you that you are in our midst this morning. Jesus, you are in our midst, and we, we pray nothing more that it would lead to ongoing transformation in our lives. We thank you for the body that is gathered here. Lord, we thank you for those who are out of state. We thank you for those who are at basketball tournaments. Lord, we thank you for those who are homesick and recovering. Uh, Lord, and, uh, we're one family gathered and scattered, but we stand in awe of your glory. Lord, transform us more and more into your image today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. I want us to do this morning as we continue to foster relationship with one another is to just imagine the, the, the coziest, most welcoming uh, place of community that you have existed in around the holidays and what makes that a delight and what makes that important to you. Allow yourself to be there this morning that we are just around, literally just around the family table uh, this morning as we take some time to study his word and then we take some time to eat together and just be together as a family. Just put yourself in that place, and let's allow the Lord to do something miraculous in us and through us by way of relationship this morning, that we would come uh, knowing that there is something that the Lord has put inside of us to encourage somebody else with, and then also to humble ourselves and be open to receiving something that somebody might want to impart to us uh, as way of encouragement. And that comes, that the giving and receiving of those things comes with uh, sometimes uncomfortable levels of vulnerability, but we are a family growing together, uh, following Jesus on mission. This morning we are, as you know, continuing our way through the book of Acts. It's a second part of Acts, but I just got so caught up with the first part of Acts that we're actually just going to stay there. Uh, I hope you had a chance to watch the video, but just know that everything that we talk about today is what made the second half of the book of Acts possible. When the gospel went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to all the ends of the earth, that didn't happen without the power of the Holy Spirit and some key ingredients that we're going to talk about today. So just want to share those things with you uh, as we move forward. So in my devotional time, I was so, I was so touched by uh, a verse that we didn't actually share last week. If you remember, we shared from... Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 through verse 8. We looked at verse 9 and 10, and then we skipped over to chapter 2. We're going to look at that a little bit more today, and specifically Acts 2, 42 through 46, I believe. Uh, but after the service, David Kwan came up to me, and there was a verse that we didn't share that stood out to him that caught my attention and has had my attention all week long. And that is in Acts 1 chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. And so we just want to put this up. It'll be on the screen behind me. But I want to read this to you, beginning in verse 12. Uh, this is after 
Jesus ascended into heaven. The angel showed up, asked the disciples what it was that they were looking at, and uh, said that Jesus would eventually return the way that he came. But then they went back to where they came from, because that was what Jesus had asked them to do. Wait in Jerusalem until the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So beginning in verse 12, they're beginning to pick a, a disciple to replace Judas, who had betrayed Jesus. And it says, then the, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus had ascended from. A Sabbath stays walk from the city. Verse 13, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they had been staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, son, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Different Judas than the one that betrayed. Then they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. These are the women disciples. We'll start talking about that more in Advent as we unpack uh, the Advent season, we're going to do a series uh, called The Women of Christmas, which starts next week, uh, because who are often overlooked in the story of the Gospels and the telling of those things is the power and the authority that the Holy Spirit gave to women. Uh, in fact, it was a number of women who funded the ministry of Jesus while he was at work and alive in the earth. And so we're going to be looking at some of those characters beginning in the Old Testament and then some in the New Testament and then what that means for us today uh, as we grow as the full church, both men and women disciples. But it says that they gathered together. They all joined together, and they were constantly in prayer. I'm challenged by David Kwan in his prayer life because he came up last week at the end of our service as we were praying for the Holy Spirit to be released in us and through us. And he said to me, he asked me, he goes, do you really want that? Do you really want the power of the Holy Spirit released within this congregation? That's a challenging question. Do you really want that? Because it requires something of us. And I said, that's, that's what I desire. And David said, well, I'm going to go pray about that then. And he disappeared into a room uh, off this main room and just began fervently praying. And I know he's been praying uh, over each of us by name this week. And I thank God for you, David, and your ministry uh, and, and the power and authority of the spirit that is alive and well in you and through you. But it got me thinking this week, and then I think it revealed some things that I want to share with you this morning. Because when the disciples were waiting together, they were praying together. It wasn't an idle kind of waiting. And then I started thinking about waiting. Because when waiting is stewarded well, think about seasons and times when you have had to wait. When waiting is stewarded well, it becomes the foundation for gratitude. Think about that. When we wait well and we steward waiting, it becomes a foundation for gratitude. And then gratitude, when that is stewarded well, becomes the foundation for generosity. Don't we know that when we are grateful, we are more open, acknowledging that God is always providing for our needs to live open-handed lives, being free to give of our time, our talent, and our resources. But that begins with gratitude. Because if we realize that we do have enough, and we recognize the spaces while we're waiting that God provides more than we could ever possibly imagine, even down to the simple things. That lays the foundation for generosity. And generosity then becomes the foundation for community. Community exists because we choose to be generous with each other. The most beautiful thing about this gathering in this room this morning, I think, is that no one had to be here. No one had to get up and get dressed and come here this morning. 
Everyone who showed up showed up of their own free will. Everyone could walk out of this room right now and never return again. But the Lord has given us the choice to live in community together, and generosity leads to greater community. Community, then, when stewarded well, becomes the foundation for transformation because we do not change well. We change in the presence of other people who accept us for exactly who we are, warts and all, and we are loved. Our prayer for this community is that everyone that was here, is here, will come here, feels like they belong and that they are loved simply because they bear the image of Jesus. So waiting that leads to gratitude, that leads to generosity, that leads to community, that leads to transformation. These are the things that I've been thinking about this week. There is power in waiting. These disciples waited, and while they waited, they prayed constantly. And in taking a little bit more time this week to sit still and pray, thanks to the influence of my friend David, who was an encouragement to me to really take prayer seriously. And he just really does that. In that time of prayer, I started thinking about the examples of faithful waiting. And when you start looking in Scripture, how many people used by God had to wait? Think about the people that had to wait. These are just a few examples, examples of faithful waiting. And the examples that the Lord brought to mind for me in prayer this week mirrored each other in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament. And so think about this, that in the Old Testament in Genesis, we see the story of Abram, right? Waiting, he and Sarai, for almost 100 years with no baby. They wanted a baby. They had been waiting a long time for a child. And so there's this call on Abram and Sarai's life in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. And then there's this promise in Genesis 15, 1 through 6, where Abram's called to go out of his tent and look up into the sky and see the stars. And he says, you see the stars in the sky. So will your descendants be. And he's like, really? Because we don't have one yet. In faithfulness, the Lord did something in them by way of a baby and a nation because of waiting. In the New Testament, we see a baby and not just that baby in the person of Jesus, but we see salvation for the whole world. When Simeon, right, who was waiting his whole life, what did he do? He waited his whole life for the Savior to come and then he saw a Savior and then what did he do? He died. That was his life, was waiting. His job in the scriptures was to wait his entire existence for the coming of a Savior, not just for a nation, but for the whole world. 22-39 is that proclamation story, if you want to go see it, of Simeon waiting his whole life to lay eyes on the Savior, and that was enough for him. And then what? He went home. So we see a baby in the Old Testament. We see a baby in the New Testament. We see a temporary savior and deliverer in the person of Moses in the Old Testament. They waited. 400 years in captivity, they waited. And then they waited for the Pharaoh to let God's people go. And then they waited for the seas to part. And then they waited for the bread, the manna to come from heaven. And then they waited for the cloud to lift and the fire to follow God, not according to their own timing, but according to his. And so we see this waiting for a temporary Savior and deliverer in the person of Moses. But then in the New Testament, we see waiting on this eternal Savior and deliverer in the person of Jesus. The cross and the empty tomb. Death and resurrection. Jesus said, wait for me. I, I have the power to lay my life down and pick it up again. But you're going to have to wait. 
waiting. What does waiting produce for all of these people? And then in the Old Testament, Elijah is one of my favorite stories of waiting. Do we know his story from 1 Kings 17? He goes to the evil king Ahab and he says there's going to be a drought. And he says while the drought is on Elijah, the Lord said, I want you to go wait by this river for birds to bring you something to eat. And then the river's going to dry up because the drought is on. I want you to go find this woman who's a widow, and I want you to ask her for some pancakes. And she's going to tell you, well, um, I was just making my last set of pancakes for me and my son, but we're starving because this drought is on. But, by the way, you called the drought down. So imagine how awkward that situation was while Elijah was waiting, suffering under the consequence of the thing that he called out. And so don't worry about it. Make some pancakes anyways, and guess what? They're not going to run out. So that all's going well until her son dies. Now they're waiting for the resurrection of her son. And guess what? It happens, right? So in the waiting, what happens? The Holy Spirit sets a pile of wet wood on fire at Mount Carmel. And everyone sees the glory of God. Elijah waited for Old Testament fire. This church gathered together in the book of Acts was waiting for New Testament fire. And what happened? It came. Right? We read that story last week when the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Same place. Suddenly, and what were they doing in that place? They were waiting and praying constantly. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled. If you didn't have a chance to listen to that message it's available on our podcast, but we will be talking more about these gifts come the month of January. Uh, we'll spend three or four weeks just talking about these gifts and how they play out in our lives. But that was a thing that happened. And what was the result of that thing, of that waiting? They waited by the power of the Holy Spirit. I was talking with Justin about this this morning. They couldn't wait in their own strength. Does anyone ever have a hard time just sitting and waiting in silence? What if we more intentionally, even more intentionally, invited the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to sit with us in our waiting? So that's what we're going to do for a few minutes. We're going to invite the presence of the Spirit of God to come, and we're just going to wait. And we're going to take some time to reflect on a few things this morning. They waited by the power of the Spirit. The early disciples did not build their own plan while they waited. Can you imagine being tasked with taking the message of the gospel across the known world, which was all of the land surrounding the Mediterranean Sea? 120 of you are now responsible for carrying a message forward that thousands of years later, more than a billion people will be talking about on the earth at any given time. When I'm tasked with something like that, I start planning, I pull out spreadsheets, I start working through every, every trick and exercise I know to build that out. But it's not what the disciples did. It says they waited on the power of the Spirit, and the Spirit brought a, brought a plan that they, they wouldn't even been able to imagine. Can you imagine writing the book of Acts before it happened? There's no way. There's no way that could have gotten done. They didn't build their own plan. They just waited. But they didn't wait idly. They waited and they prayed. God filled them with power, and then they responded with two things, probably more things. But the things that came to mind those two is that these disciples responded with courage and great humility which was not something that they were demonstrating in the upper room the last time they were up there before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when none of them would even choose to wash each other's feet. They were transformed. That humility came by the power of the Spirit. The kind of humility that God calls us into as followers of believers cannot be obtained or sustained in our own strength. We're too egotistical for that. 
Someone gives us a praise. Someone likes something on social media. Like it starts going to our head. We need the Holy Spirit to keep us humble. Right? They were led by the Spirit and they stayed humble. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take about the next 10 minutes. And we're just going to put it on a song. It's called Wait on You. It's by Maverick City. And there's some questions on a sheet in front of you uh, when it comes to waiting. And this is a waiting that we hope will lead to a deeper kind of gratitude. Go ahead and grab a, a pen and a paper there. And it's on there for you. Waiting when stewarded well will become the foundation of gratitude. Gratitude when stewarded well becomes the foundation of generosity. Generosity becomes the foundation of community. Community becomes the foundation of transformation. And that's what we're looking at. What are some of the things we're hoping or expecting to see come to pass in our lives? For ourselves, for our friends and our family, and for our greater community, nation, and world. What are some of the things you're actively or passively waiting on? And so active waiting is the kind of proactive, intentional waiting we're praying for, we're hoping for, we're contending for it. Passive waiting sometimes is the waiting that leads to greater kinds of discontentment. It's just there. We don't even want to talk to God about it. But we all have those things that we're just passively waiting on. So what kind of patient waiting is going on? And in what areas do we feel stuck? Just completely stuck in the waiting. We don't even know what the next steps are. So think about those things. And then what would you like to share with the Lord? This is just about talking to Jesus and writing it down. What would you like to share with the Lord about the hopes and expectations that you have? What would you like to share with him about the waiting process? So, Lord, as we take this time, show up, Lord. Well, you're already here, but just release your power upon us to wait well in your presence in Jesus' name. Please feel free to join in this Thanksgiving devotional exercise with us. Again, the questions referenced can be found in our show notes. don't believe in fairy tales I guess I've outgrown them but that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's something bigger than me cause I've seen in a hospital room when the doctor said sorry there's nothing more we can do well it wasn't through I've never seen a Pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but I've got a promise I can hold in the middle of the struggle. God, if you said you'll perform, it may not be how I want you to, but here's what I'll do I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. I've tasted your goodness I'm trusting your promise I'm gonna wait on you Yes, I'm gonna wait on you I've tasted your goodness I'm trusting your promise I'm gonna wait on you Yes, I will, yes, I will
should just wait. Instead of trying in your own strength, you should just wait. Instead of calculating what will happen if you go wrong, you should just wait. My steps are ordered by the Lord. Yeah, I should just wait. hope is that it would give you something to continue to process with the Lord this week as we decelerate into Thanksgiving. That's something that I'm working on more and more is being less busy leading up to these holidays so that when I arrive at them I'm not completely depleted. That I can decelerate into that and so this process of talking to the Lord about these things I think will be good for our souls this week. But what I want us to do real quick and we're going to do one the next part of this exercise, which is to just think about even in the areas that we're waiting, how does that remind us of the things that we have in our lives, even the things that we're waiting for? As I'm waiting for uh, healing in my daughter's back, as, as I just wait on the Lord to bring that kind of healing about, it reminds me that I'm just really grateful that she's in my life and grateful for all the things that are going on in her life and through her life that are not related to the pain that she experiences on an everyday basis? How do we transform those things we're anxious about or frustrated about and find the gratitude in them? And so as you flip this page over, again, you won't complete this either because you only have about four minutes to work on this. But I'm going to play another song for you. It's a song by one of my favorite artists. His name is Ben Rector. We just got concert tickets for Ben Rector the other day. It was awesome, even in the midst of the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco. We got our tickets. To that concert coming in March. But Ben Rector, uh, he's a lover of Jesus and he operates in some pretty secular spaces as well. And he just brings the hope of Jesus in a way that's tangible for a lot of people. And I want to play one of my favorite songs from him called Thank You. It's just called Thank You. And as you flip this page over, the question is as you reflect on the waiting process, in which way do you see gratitude entering the equation? Where do you see signs of healing and provision and joy? Etc. Where are those things coming to life in you and through you, in your relationship with God, in your relationship with friends and family, in the ways you're able to make contributions to the world around you um, that is not necessarily related to employment that earns a paycheck. It's just the contributions that you're making to the world around you. And in what ways are you grateful for the ways that you're able to relax and replenish? So as we listen to this song from Ben Rector, uh, go ahead and take a few minutes to do that. And this might give you something to talk about around your tables while you're having lunch. All right. Thanks for the sunrise. Thanks for the night sky. Thanks for the deepest blue in my daughter's eyes. And thanks for the weekend. Thanks for a good friend. Thanks for in the high life again Makes me feel alive It's been too long since we sat down and talked this way But life is hard, sometimes I don't know what to say But thank you Maybe I just miss having things all figured out 
Cause now I got doubts and I got these questions Things I just don't understand But I bet you'll sort it out It's been too long since we sat down and talked this way Life is hard, sometimes I don't know what to say There are times when it just doesn't make no sense But you have been good to me, you have been good to me time and again So thank you Waiting when stewarded well becomes the foundation for gratitude, right? Gratitude when stewarded well becomes the foundation of generosity. Generosity when stewarded well becomes the foundation of community. And community becomes the foundation for transformation. Um, where do we see this playing out? We see it playing out in Acts 2.42. And I want to read this to us and then I want us to just realize that we're experiencing it together by the power of the Holy Spirit, we as a community get to experience the very same thing that the earliest church experienced. And we get to step forward into that. And it will always call us to give more of ourselves and maybe we're even comfortable of giving. But the outcomes are beyond what we could even begin to imagine. Following what we saw in Acts chapter 1... In the beginning of Acts chapter 2, when Peter was bringing the healing power to those in his midst and then sharing with more and more people the work of God, and more and more people were coming to faith, it says in Acts 2, 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching 
all the church, this new community of believers in Jesus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's what they committed themselves to. And everyone was filled with awe at the many works and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who was in need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved each and every day. So church, we make it can make it really, really complicated sometimes. But with those who are uncomfortable with the institutional places of churches, but are still curious about Jesus, who are people that I'm in interactions with every single week, I just try to remind them on a regular basis that church can be not complicated. That what do you got to do? You got to eat together, you got to pray together, you got to play together, and you got to study the Word. That's it. I remember having coffee with someone a little bit earlier this year that before our conversation, before we had church together, I had not met them leading up into that moment. And the moment we met was a hostile moment. Someone who was experiencing active drug addiction, who was misinterpreting my intentions and helping one of their friends, entered into a coffee shop in a very, very threatening position. I was in conversation they pulled up next to me and they sat down and they just looked at me like this with fire in their eyes because they didn't like the conversation I was having with their friends. That's a Holy Spirit moment when you're like, all right, Holy Spirit, we just need you to de-escalate the situation and get to a place where things were calm. 90 minutes later, in the midst of the same conversation, I'm telling this guy who's curious about Jesus all of a sudden that if we prayed together in that moment, I just gave him a warning. I said, hey, just so you know, because he's just ripping the church up and down, not our church, but the church, up and down and say, hey, just a disclaimer, I'm going to invite you to pray with me for a minute, in a minute. But if we pray, I just got to let you know that we have had church in this space. He goes, you got to be, and then he just, you know, he just... And I say, yeah, because we are, we are having fellowship together. We're sitting in a coffee shop, which is something that you do with a friend. We have had, we've had scones. We've had coffee. We've talked about God's word just a little bit, but not because I brought a Bible and thumped him with it. He wouldn't want that. Because God puts his word in us so that we can just speak it and be it. And I said, if we pray together, I just got to let you know that we will have had church. Well, let's, let's pray then, he said, and then we pray together. And I haven't seen him since, but I'm not responsible for that. Right? We get to be the church. I tell you this morning, we have prayed together, we've studied the word together, we've fellowshiped together. So as soon as we eat something, guess what? That's the ingredients for being the church. And we can take that anywhere. And we can be generous with each other because we have experienced gratitude. And because we have generosity towards each other, that forms community. And once community forms, it leads way to transformation, which just means we're better together than we are independently isolated by ourselves. Amen? So we're going to do that this morning, knowing and praying that God wants to continue to make space for people to feel like they're home without obligation. Amen? So Jesus, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for waiting. God, give us strength to wait well this week. And while we wait well, Lord, give us strength to just pour our hearts out in prayer to you. And would you transform us? Would you pour your spirit out upon us as your church? And would that give way to gratitude? 
Lord, slow us down. Help us to be gracious in a way that leads to greater generosity, which leads to greater community, which leads to transformation. Lord, let that be evident in our lives as we return next week for the beginning of the celebration of Advent, the coming of Christ. May we have testimony about how this has played out in us and through us in ways that would surprise us because your Holy Spirit surprises us. So we thank you for the food that has been prepared. We thank you for this time, this feast, or that we would give and receive generously to one another. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.